Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I am so excited to have Lindy McCaffrey join us today. Lindy is the president of a school board at a local private school, and she uh, is a mom of two amazing kids that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today. And she's also part of the Lodge Consulting team. So we love having Lindy on board. She is an incredible advocate for students and families in the work that we do. So welcome, Lindy. Thank you for coming on today. Hi, glad to be here. So, Lindy, as I was talking about, you have an amazing son and daughter, and uh, we've been walking on our parenting journeys together in a lot of ways. You're a little bit ahead of me. Your kids are a little bit older, but tell us about your two kids. Yes, my children are a little bit older. Um, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I have a 7-year-old son. So 10-year-old translates to fourth grade, and seven is first grade. So they keep me very busy, um, but they are as wonderful as you said they were. The joys in my life, for sure. Yes, they, they're awesome, and I've loved getting to know them as I've uh, become a friend to you and, of course, a teammate. And as uh, everybody knows, when you join the launch team, you uh, pretty much have no choice but to go through <laughs> the assessments that we work with because, as I've talked about, we'll continue to talk about a lot on this podcast, I'm sure, is we utilize an assessment called the Colby Index as often as possible because of how insightful it is into how people operate and therefore how they succeed, whether it be in school or in their careers, or really any aspect of, of their lives. So we went through this process with you, and then we've yeah. done the same thing with your kids. Mm -hmm. And it revealed a lot of really neat insights, particularly, again, how your kids thrive, how they naturally take action and solve problems. And interestingly enough, it was different from how you naturally problem solve and how you solve problems and seize opportunities. So having gone through that whole exercise with you and your kids, how did that impact you as a family? Yes, very much so. Um, I think I would like to at least say first um, how when I came into the launch family, I had no knowledge of Colby prior to that. So um, learning about Colby and learning about how it can benefit your family, it can benefit you from both a professional and a personal level um, was a new journey for me. So I went into it open-minded and um, excited about the possibility of the way that it could really impact my family. So when it came to actually taking the test and um, feeling like I wanted to do this with my children, um, it was not a decision that I really took lightly, but it was something that I was excited about because I had seen the results, obviously, when I took the, the Colby for myself coming into, um, into launch. So I knew that the results that I had gained from taking it myself were very accurate. I learned that um, actually what I felt like I really learned was that the results 
put into words what I already knew existed about myself, but didn't know how to say it. So I already knew that I loved information. I already knew that I was constantly seeking that in many different ways. Uh, so when I took Colby and found out that I was a high fact finder, it made sense to me. I was like, that that's perfect, you know, perfect, uh, a perfect way to put what I already know about myself. So I was very excited to, of course, um, find out what my children tend to, um, how they tend to operate and put words to that operational, you know, all those operational functions. So using, you know, like you would say, Emily, um, it measures your MO. So, and I, I feel like that's some, a word that we don't necessarily use, or at least in everyday jargon necessarily use often. Um, but it is something that about you that doesn't change. It's unchanging. And what parent doesn't want to know what's unchanging about their child, right? Like if we know what's not changing about them, then we can, we can go to them where they are. So when you suggested that there was an opportunity for my children to take a different version of the Colby that would uh, look at them specifically where they are in life, uh, I was excited to jump on it because it certainly, I needed the insight um, to be able to get into their heads a little bit. So I, as a single mom, I'm a single parent, so it's nice um, to have any little help that I can get. And it was very enlightening. So, and I, I don't know if you just want me to jump into how I feel about um, the results that my kids had, but it certainly was different than I expected. <laughs> Absolutely different than I expected. Yeah. Well, along the theme of the name of this podcast, Mothers of Misfits, we identified that your kids are misfits in many ways. <laughs> they are. And, and those, uh, those listening hopefully know that my heart on that word is to reclaim the word misfit. And, you know, most of the time that is used in a negative sense, right? It has a stigma to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my motto is why fit in when you're born to stand out. And I love that your kids, hopefully with your guidance now, will embrace their misfit selves. <laughs> and, and But we exchange funny stories and texts all the time about how particularly your younger son, Flynn, he goes his own way and uh, marches to the beat of his own drum. And I love that about him, although not to leave Aveline out because she, she absolutely does the same thing. But just yeah. last night, you sent me a text of how uh, Flynn had totally upended your family room. You have a modular mm-hmm. sofa. So I don't think anything was in its original place because he was building something. I don't know if it was a castle or a skyscraper, who knows what, but he's so tactile and uh, spatial and he's a builder and a modeler and a shaper. And that's one of the things that this assessment revealed about him. But sadly, though that is a remarkable strength, that's often not appreciated in that way in places like school or other environments where we're taught to sit, stay still, don't fidget, right? Don't don't tinker. But how have you seen this information help you parent them? in school, in those environments that might have pegged them a misfit and not meant that in a positive way? 
Oh, um, certainly. I have a lot of instances that I could share with you. Um, and certainly you are very much correct in saying that it, um, although this is a, a wonderful skill that my son possessed, possesses, um, and my daughter certainly has some wonderful skills as well, it is not looked at as something that is easy to teach, at least teach to in a school environment. So my son constantly uh, struggles to sit still. He, although he can do it, and he, he has learned the fine art of of sort of conforming to the system, even in first grade, um, he he is not wired to do so. He is wired to move, and he's wired to um, learn differently. So his natural inclination when he's sitting still watching TV is to fidget with something, to to doodle, to look around when I'm talking to him, and things like that. Where is it's not that he's not paying attention to me; it's just that that's how he that's how he processes processes information. So yes, he did rip apart my couch last night, which I think is a great story to share with, um, with our listeners. But, uh, I do have a modular sofa and actually one of the reasons I purchased it was because I knew that my son liked to climb on things. And I thought, well, if I buy a sofa that I can move around, at least that'll give him an indoor jungle gym in what is, you know, seven months out of the year, cold weather where we, where we live. So, um, he built this amazing castle, right? Because, his MO will tell you that he likes to use high end ingredients when he builds whatever he's building. It has to be high end. It can't be just garbage. <laughs> so he builds with, um, you know, tables and pillows and the softest blanket he can find and things like that. And he did build a, a wonderful fort type castle that um, he enjoyed for quite some time. Um, but it was very well thought out. Uh, he also uh, will, certainly use any leftover boxes that I have in the house. So if I get a big Amazon order and there's a large box, he always makes sure that he requests the box so that he can build something out of it. And we've built everything from rocket ships to um, lemonade stands all in my house with whatever we can find outside or inside. Um, we've built closets <laughs> uh, like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. We've gone in and out of them to create um, fantasy worlds. And that is just sort of the way that he operates. And my MO is completely opposite from that. My MO is very organized and very, um, very uh, sort of detail driven, um, but not in a way where I create chaos in the process. <laughs> so it's been contrary to who I am to allow him to, to breathe in that space and figure out who he is. So just to give you an example of that, my natural instinct when he starts to rip apart my couch is to say, hey, buddy, let's put that back together. It's almost bedtime. But instead, what I did was, okay, well, I see you're building a fantastic uh, world of, of fun here. I'm going to give you 15 more minutes to do that. And then I will leave it for you uh, so you can continue to play in the morning before school. Whereas all I want to do is put the couch back together and fold the blankets. <laughs> so it, it's um, you know a constant journey for me to, to learn how to be a better parent to him because he needs that. He needs that tactile, constant um, engagement. And if I don't provide that for him, then I see him act out in negative ways. Um, so, but you know, it's, it's been a journey for me. Um, and my daughter is another story. Um, my daughter is the Colby assessment really brought to light that my daughter is a little bit of a disruptor, um, which is beautifully wonderful. Um, but I have, it's something that I wasn't 
uh, it wasn't on the forefront of my mind. I wasn't looking at her every day, understanding that that's part of her MO, that she's a disruptor. So it helped me to see in so many ways. When they start to argue, I can say, oh, my daughter is the one disrupting because she's bored or because she just wants to. Um, and so I can, I can inter, you know, intercede in that, in that spot for, for, or interject in that spot to create harmony between the two children. But I also learned that she is a procrastinator and by nature, which is also a, a beautiful thing in its proper channels. Uh, but it has helped me learn to set false deadlines for her. Um, I've, I learned that by through the Colby results, being able to look at how she functions, I was able to say, we are fighting every time we do X, Y, Z, which could be like a school project or homework or whatever it is. We're fighting every single time. So what is it about her MO and my MO that are not jiving here? And how can I go into that space and look at it objectively and help her? So with the false deadlines um, and the other things I mentioned, there's also another really great story that I don't even think I've told you, Emily, um, in learning about my daughter through the Colby assessment, I realized that she's, I knew she was artistic, but I didn't realize to what degree that was. And I used to get so frustrated with her dresser drawers. I would bring clothes into her room and they were perfectly folded. And I would say, please put these in your dresser drawer and please keep them nice and neat. And she never would, never kept them nice and neat. And it was so frustrating to me because I would go in and I couldn't even put the other clothes in the drawer because it was just piles of clothing. So one day I thought, okay, her MO is different than mine. How can I create a system that works for both of us? And I said to her, I said, what does organization look like to you? And she said, oh. well, it's, it's, you know, it's colorful. It's, um, you know, just a couple other things she described and, you know, I don't go into detail, but, you know, and I was like, okay, well, can you organize this drawer based on what you see organization to look like? And she was like, sure. So she organized her dresser drawers <laughs> by color. Everything in there is by color. So every stack, although, so she'll have her uniform polos for school and her t-shirts, and her long sleeves, and her workout clothes, all in the same pile. <laughs> but they're organized by color, so that all the pink ones are together, all the blue ones are together, and even shades. So it's like pink, red, blue, yellow. Um, even She's detail-oriented in that manner, that it's all by shade, but it's all by color, which is absolutely contrary to the way that I function. So now if I open her drawer, everything's still in its place. It doesn't look like I thought it was going to look, but it looks like just the way that she wants it to look. And it still creates this um, goal that I have, which is organization. So another great way that Colby has, has helped us in our family. Lindy, I am literally over here cheering, as you can see me, uh, giving the thumbs up and clapping. I think you just gave us all a master class. <laughs> on parenting. Really, I, you're, I tell you all the time, I admire you as a mom. And as a single mom, I know every day is not easy by any means. But you are incredible. And in many ways, because of what you just talked about, you are 
striving every day to give your kids the freedom to be themselves. And you're not doing what a lot of us do as parents, and and not even intentionally, but we press on our kids what works for us or our Mm -hmm. best practices or our MO, right? And that creates so much strife, so much Mm -hmm. conflict, so much tension in families. And as, as you mentioned, the younger kids, they act out because they're, that's their interpretation or their way of dealing with that stress. And having consulted with many families and students over the 13 years of the work that I've been doing, I constantly see that as an end result of families not realizing that, hey, we're all striving towards the same thing. We just get there in different ways. So I admire, and frankly, you teach me how to, you know, even just organizing the dresser drawer is an activity of respecting one another's different routes. And actually, I hadn't heard that story before. And I'll also share share with you and everyone listening that, interestingly enough, so our response to color is actually instinctual. And those that have Aveline strengths to disrupt and innovate and experiment are actually driven instinctually by color. So that is a commonality among folks with her incredible MO. And that's a great way to help them either, you know, maybe if it's organizing schoolwork, it can be color coded. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think you even have brightly colored folders. Yes, that was another thing we implemented as well. A new creation system that she, like a new school system and a binder that she created. So, but in the parameters that she needed, like things that go home, things that, you know, but go back to school and we color coded everything and I got her a new planner that she loved. And um, I started to see a higher level of organization in school for sure. Yeah. And I also love that you're giving them ownership. You're involving them in that process, right? So Aveline got to pick out her folder. She got to Mm -hmm. pick out her planner. You asked her how she needs to organize her drawer and you went with her lead on the system. And that plays a big role in getting our kids to be motivated to succeed and drive and put their efforts in towards those results that we want to see them get to. So I want to turn our conversation to the topic of something called gamification because (laughs) we've talked quite a bit about how that's also been an effective strategy in your family, which is to create a game or competition or have incentives around doing the right thing in your household. So chores or getting homework assignments done on time. And I'd love to hear you talk about your experiences before you implemented these kinds of strategies and what those conversations were like about getting things done and making your bed or whatever, whatever the tasks were that you needed to be done and then how it's looked like afterwards. And I will mention, cause this is a fabulous tool and I'm sure there's several versions of this out there, but both you and I use an app on our phones called s'mores up. Because mm-hmm. I too have a disruptor type child, and he is definitely uh, works off of incentives and bet you can't scenarios and challenges. So we'll do things like 
don't just go clean your room, but I'm going to put 15 minutes on the clock and see how much you can clean up in 15 minutes. So, so we take something that is a chore and we turn it into a competition. It's a game, right? And that small a change in how we talk about it gets him going and it gets him to succeed in that task that otherwise he might procrastinate or resist against. So how have you harnessed the strategy of gamification to help your kids succeed in both school and at home? Yes, that is a great word. I One that I also was really not aware of prior to um, working with, with you and becoming a part of the Launch family. So um, gamification has been incredibly successful with my son. Uh, it definitely speaks to his MO more so than my daughter, although she is a competitive person. So I would say to any parents listening, if you have a competitive child, this is probably something that you want to pay attention to. Um, I am not a competitive person. So again, not part of my MO. Um, so I did not know how to reach my children being that they were competitive. So, or are, <laughs> um, so one thing that I personally started doing with my son and as most parents can probably attest to maybe it's seven year old boys. I don't know. My age limit really stops there with boys, but, um, ask me again in five years, how, if they're still like this, but every seven year old boy that has any type of competitive streak in them doesn't want to be motivated to do much unless they have something driving them. <laughs> so my son is no exception. Um, I will say, hey, go put your plate in the sink. And he's like, eh, no, or I don't really feel like that right now. And not in a disrespectful way, because I would like to highlight that my children are not disrespectful. And in most, most scenarios, they're still kids, but they're not um, disrespectful on a general basis. They they certainly didn't. He doesn't mean it that way. It's just a, a sort of laziness or I don't have to do it kind of thing. It's like, oh, maybe later. No. And so what I'll do to get him to do that and to understand that it's part, not just part of our you know, routine, mommy just doesn't need to do it all the time. You can do it is I'll say, well, I'm going to take my plane in the, into the kitchen and I'm going to race you in there. Let's see who can get in there the fastest, you know, and he'll hop right up and do it, you know, or how fast can you get that juice box out and stick the straw in, you know, just any, any little thing. Um, they compete brushing their teeth in the morning. Um, which is also another thing. These are all areas I would like to say, these are just all areas where I struggled with that I've inserted gamification. So getting them to brush their teeth, getting them to put their shoes on, um, you know, anything like that. One really great thing, like you mentioned about cleaning your room, that's certainly something that I do. How fast can you clean your room? But also how fast can you write your spelling words? How fast can you, you're supposed to read for 15 minutes. What can you do it in 10 you know, and those kind of things. So just any way that I can speak to that competitive nature in their, in, you know, their habits, but also their MO as well. Um, and, and kind of work from there. So it's been very successful for us. The s'mores up app is one of the best things I've ever used in my home. I have tried to use sticker charts and dot charts and every kind of chart you could think of. And that just did not speak to my children. Um, the s'mores up app allows you to create a, uh, value. So whatever you want that to be, whether it's, you know, we call them points at our house, but you can call it whatever you want. Um, so it'll use a sign of value to a certain chore and they get points for that. 
when my children get to a thousand points, they get a reward. And the app actually allows you to put in rewards so they can see the reward physically, choose the reward that they want, and then redeem that reward. So it's almost like a currency. So not only are they learning the responsibility of if I do X, Y happens, and then Z is the result. It's, it's also, it's teaching them the responsibility of even money, like the value of something. Um, so value is huge uh, that, that we've been learning. So we have all kinds of rewards. Sometimes they want to like not even get to a thousand and I'll let them spend at 500 because they've been doing so well or because they hit a thousand already. Um, so we don't have like, oh, you, you got to do a thousand in a week. It's just as soon as you get to a thousand, you get rewarded um, because my kids are older and they need that sort of quicker gratification. So it, you know, I'll say, well, you guys have been doing so great. You hit a thousand three days ago. How about 500? Do you want to try to get to 500? Is there something you want? And we have all kinds of things for prizes. We have slime. Um, we have one that's like a slime, uh, you know, kit. You can get a slime kit. Um, we have ice cream nights. We have, um, you know, just anything you can think of that they're into. They have an extra hour of screen time. They have, there's two games they really like, Minecraft and Roblox. And if I just let them play them, they'll sit in front of them forever. So they get an hour of Roblox. They get an hour of Minecraft, an hour of YouTube Kids, whatever that is, those are their rewards. And that's the only way they can get them. So I think that's another key is for us, success lies in rewards that they can only acquire in the app which is another huge, huge thing that works for us. So, but they love it. It's everything from making your bed to loading the dishwasher to doing your homework without being asked. Um, helping mom. We have a big helping mom section. Um, so if I just need somebody to do, you know, hey, go grab my socks out of the drawer or whatever, because I'm packing your lunch or things like that. Certainly packing your lunches on there too. Um, but all kinds of things. So whatever you find that your need is at home, you can just insert it into the app yourself and they love it. And they, they actually log their points themselves on their iPads. I love that. Yeah. yeah, it it really is a total game changer. That's a tool that we use in our family as well. And it, it has changed the discussion from constantly nagging and being after them yeah. and them being frustrated and not interested to my son actually runs up to us and says, what can I do? What is there something <laughs> yeah. I can do? I want to yeah, earn some true. points. You know, what, yeah. <laughs> what do you need done around the house? And it, yeah. it, it, the environment, the conversation is totally different and fun. Yes. You know, we all, we all now have fun with it. And he has that prize in mind and mm-hmm. is working towards it. And, and it's just, uh, it's neat to see his MO on my end, you know, my kiddos employing their wonderful talents to help them get there as well. Yes, definitely. Lindy, it is a joy and a privilege to come alongside you in your parenting journey. Thank you for texting me and sharing all your stories with me at all hours of the day. And I am so grateful that you're also willing to share your story with the listeners today because I know that they have come away with some really valuable insights that they can take back to their own family. So thanks again for joining us. No problem. I hope so. It's been a pleasure on my end too. And I, I enjoy being a part of the launch family. So it's, a, it's my joy as well. Well, we're always happy to have you. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.